We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky coming to you from the frozen north in uh, Minnesota. Is it already frozen, John? <laughs> oh, my goodness. You wouldn't believe it, Matt. <laughs> oh, no. Really? <laughs> yeah, six foot of snow. Or, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Actually, we've had really, really pleasant weather. So uh, finally, because it actually was really hot this year up this summer up in Minnesota. But now we're getting some of that really nice Minnesota weather in the 70s and stuff oh, like that. Wonderful. Good. Glad to hear it. Well, I am Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, uh, a little further south, serving as pastor at Essential Lutheran Church in always beautiful South St. Louis. So, Matt, uh, we've been getting a lot of email uh, from our listeners, uh, primarily uh, children, 12 years and, and younger, <laughs> asking about, uh, are we going to continue our study on eating vegetables? <laughs> uh, but but no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to disappoint the kid because I think they were looking for us to have the definitive statement that eating vegetables is a sin. <laughs> <laughs> I know they were hopeful. I'm sure. <laughs> we were trending that way, but I got a... a a message from one of the staff there at KFEO, uh, Andy Bates, who said we have a cease and desist order from uh, a big vegetable. <laughs> oh, no, they're on to us, John. Yeah, so apparently we can't can't discuss that anymore. Uh, but but I do think I, I can say this, you know, you know all the tension we have now between the liberals and the conservatives. It seems like they're constantly fighting, Matt. Oh yeah. If you, have you noticed that? Pol- polarized. Tension. Polarized. Yes. But I found out the truth. That is just a smoke screen that Big Vegetable has put up so we don't realize that both Democrats and Republicans are in Big Vegetable's pocket hat. It's <laughs> just <laughs> a distraction, huh, John? That's, that's what it is. Now, I'm not sure if that was a, a proper usage there because vegetables, of course, don't wear clothes, so they wouldn't have pockets. <laughs> pockets. Well, I don't yeah. know if that, if that was an improper metaphor or simile. Was it a metaphor or simile? Do you know, Matt? I, I, I think, I guess it would be a metaphor, John. Oh, okay, well, because <laughs> we don't want to get, oh, no, not that it matters. Oh, now we got big Uh-oh. grammar Uh-oh. on us. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to be on our back. All right. Not important. We're just making enemies, John. Oh, boy. That's right. So all the grammarians out there, we're going to write, we'll get emails now. What do you mean? It's not important whether it's a metaphor or a simile. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Well, hey, we better get get somewhere where we won't get in trouble. Before we offend (laughs) anyone else. (laughs) That's right. So we, we left our listeners hanging last week. Because I've been addressing the topic for a while about that Christianity doesn't seem to change anything, and yet it changes everything. Uh, and, and so we were talking about the issue of slavery, uh, and, and that actually if you read in the Bible, and it could be argued that Jesus, Paul, nobody really says you shouldn't have slavery. Mm-hmm. But we were dealing with what Paul said in a very particular situation regarding slavery as he wrote a letter to a man named Philemon— appealing to this man to receive back a runaway slave by the name of Onesimus. 
and he says two very, very important things to Philemon. Uh, do you remember what he says to Philemon in verse 10 of that book? Do you remember that, Matt? Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'll just go ahead and read verse 10. Okay. Uh, verse 10 says, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Now, see, that goes in one ear and not the other for us. But but for those times and days, that was a very profound statement. Because what, what Romans and Greeks said about slaves is they have no father. And they literally didn't. And, and I, I don't know that we appreciate that was one of the incredibly cruel thing about slavery, uh, both in the ancient past and in our history as well. You had no family. You had no family. Uh, you were taken away from your family in a distant country. You were brought someplace else. We, we had the story of that little uh, Hebrew girl who was a slave to uh, uh, the Syrian. Was it Syrian? Was Naaman a Syrian? Do you yeah, know? The, yeah, yeah, the, uh, I, I believe so. The, uh, yeah, she was a slave to the, uh, the king, right? Yeah. Well, no, it was well, the oh, king's. To, to Naaman. Yeah, his general or something. Well, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was the king's general. Well, well anyway, the fact that she, she had no family anymore, and she would have no family. I don't know if we have this kind of romantic thing that slaves get together and they have children and whatever, but that isn't how it works. If you did have a child as a slave, that child was, was considered cattle. Uh, it belonged to the owner, and the owner could sell that child, do anything with that child that they wanted to do. So, so the fact that Paul says that this is my child, this this runaway slave is my child. And by the way, the word there, I looked it up this morning. It was technon, which which is what it means my child, like like your Noah and your Anna and my mm-hmm. Naomi and John and Josh. See, our children are not not just child in general, but our children. And then, of course, I'm his father. And that was a profound thing to say that this slave now had a family, and that family was Paul and, and all the Christians. And then you remember what else he said to Philemon himself. Uh, I think that was in verse 15 and 16, if I remember. Yeah. For this, perhaps, is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? And, and, and again, see, I don't know that we truly appreciate the word brother in, in the Bible because it, we've kind of made it a generic thing. Like, you know, you and me, we're, we're, we're brothers. You know, we're bros. That's how the, the hip kids would say, right? We're bros. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> hey, just so people know What's that I, I, am, I am hip. Yeah, the word on the street. But, but they didn't use it. They didn't talk about the brotherhood of man uh, in the days of the Greeks and the Romans. No, they, they meant your brother, your flesh and blood, uh, someone that you had a very, very close relationship to. Uh, and, and so if you think about it, what, what, what Paul is saying is, is not just that Philemon should set him free, but if he treats him like a brother, uh, as we emphasized last week, it means that actually Philemon should be willing to share his inheritance with this runaway slave, Onesimus. So I ask you, Matt, could you really continue in a slave relationship if you were dealing with your own brother? Would any man consider a son, uh, someone to be treated as a slave? No, that changes everything. So it's no longer just an object or property, but this is a brother. This is a part of the family. So it changes that relationship. It has to. Oh, Matt, and man, you hit it right on the head, didn't you? Yeah, it changes the relationship. See, he could have freed Onesimus, and, and in his mind, Onesimus still could have been that unworthy slave that ran away from me, but I'll, I'll free him. But but no, Paul says what, 
what Christianity demands is far more that you have a totally different relationship with that man. You hit it right on the head there, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's where I wanted to go as far as this all uh, speaks to us personally. Uh, I wanted to talk about slavery uh, because the Bible says that's what we are. In fact, I was doing that earlier this uh, day when I was preparing. And over and over again, it says that we are slaves. We are slaves to sin. But again, I don't think we really understand slavery. We, we read about it in history, but I don't think we totally comprehend it. Because uh, if we did, we would understand that's a really profound statement about us when the Bible says we are slaves to sin. Do, do you think most people think they are slaves to sin, Matt? What do you think about that? No, I, I don't think so. I think most people would say, well, yes, sin's a problem, right? You know, I, uh, I, I do things wrong here and there now and then. But to be a slave to sin, I don't think that people realize, boy, that that's part of, in a sense, their identity. You know, that this is a slave to sin. That's who I am. It's more than just, you know, the, the bad thing I do here or there, but that's, that's who I am. Uh, since there's original sin, that's what's in my heart. Uh, I'm a slave to sin. And, and therefore, we have no control over it. Uh, I, I know Jesus talked to the uh, Jews of his day and called them slaves, and they said, we've been slaves, never been slaves to any man. And I'm thinking, well, man, 400 years we were slaves to the Egyptians. <laughs> yeah. But 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 I, I think they were saying just what you said. No, we have control. And now, yeah, we do wrong on occasion, but, but we don't have to. Uh, if we try a little harder, if we work a little more, we, we can overcome all of this. Mm -hmm. and, and as you pointed out, the Bible is quite clear, no, no. Uh, our our flesh is a slave to sin. It's not a matter of choice. Uh, when I look at a woman and lust after her, uh, now I can I can stop looking at her. I do have that capability to turn my head and put my eyes elsewhere. But that lust that comes up inside of me, I have no control over that. I don't I don't say, oh, I think I'm going to lust today. You know, yeah. it's just there. As well as when I get frustrated and mad at people, I get angry. And again, I don't really, I can't just turn that off like you turn off a spigot on, on a water spout. And of course, we could do all the other things about jealousy and, and envy and all of that. In, in fact, did you have that text a few weeks ago uh, on the Sunday about Jesus talking about where sin comes from? Did you have that text? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not from uh, outside the person entering into a person that makes them unclean, but it's what comes out of a person. It's what's in the heart that makes someone unclean. And, and I was looking at the things because he gives a whole list of the things oh, that come yeah. out of the heart. And, and he has some things, you know, he talks about, I think he talks about uh, 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 thievery and murder and stuff like that. But then he also lists envy and... and uh, uh, Jealousy, I think, yeah. Yeah, coveting is in there. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's the point he's making. He said, people, no, 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 it's not this thing that you can turn on and off that you can control. No, you literally are slaves. This is what your flesh is and this is what your flesh does. And, and you have no say-so in, in that. Yeah. Which brings me to the other word, though, that I wanted to share about today, because this is the great word of comfort. But again, if you don't understand slavery, you can't understand this word either. So God 
I help us by the power of the Spirit that our listeners will understand these things, that we literally are slaves to sin, people. You're not going to overcome it by trying harder. No, you're a slave. It's the master. But listen to this passage from Ephesians 1, 7. Now, don't 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 flip too quick there. I don't want you to get, you know, a paper cut or anything, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we had a, a pre-show mishap. <laughs> oh, it sounded my, like I, you tore a page out of your Bible. I was you know, just so scared. <laughs> so, okay, but we're okay. We're okay. Yeah, John uses the fancy <laughs> electronic versions. I'm still operating the paper You're version here. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind Luther used, John, after all. Paper <laughs> no, version. I know you paper Bible people. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> all right. No, no, I'm sorry. We, we need to get back. Okay. Ephesians 1 verse 7. Right, John? Yeah. Uh, in him. Okay. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Matt, can you think of any contemporary situation where we use the word redeem, redemption, anything like that? You know, I, the, the, thing, the thing that always comes to my mind is like a coupon. You can redeem a coupon. Oh, so okay. you can give someone a coupon and then they you can redeem that and then you will get money back. Uh, from the cashier because you gave them that coupon. Now that just shows you how how sometimes I don't think too well. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I don't think too clearly. That might be argued. The sometimes might be argued with because uh, I was trying to rack my brain, and the only instance I could think of was was years ago when when my grandmother used to collect green stamps. You probably don't even remember green stamps. Green you? stamps. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, you'd go to the grocery store and, and depending <laughs> on how much you spent, they would give you these stamps and you put them in a book and then you would redeem your green stamps. And I don't know, you, you, you'd get a comforter or a toaster or something like that, maybe a plate or something. Uh, uh, but you're right. We, we do. I forgot about that. Yeah, we, we do the same thing. We have coupons that we redeem and, and we'll get 20% off or $5 back. Uh but see, actually, the whole word redeem, redemption, that is a slave word again. That's what that word meant. It meant what you paid in order to get your son, your brother back. Uh, because in most instances, slave owners, man, you give me enough money, you can have it because I'll go capture somebody else. Sure, whatever <laughs> makes more the most slaves. money. Yeah, but if you want to pay for him, he's yours. You can have him. And that's what the word redemption meant. It meant to to buy back one of your family members who had been enslaved. Uh, in, in the case of Ruth and Naomi, it was somebody who had fallen into poverty. It could be used that way, too. And so you again, but it's your expense. That's the thing. You got to put out the money. Uh, you got to put out something to bring them back, to make them part of your family again. And, and of course, what's the beautiful teaching here in Ephesians 1, 7 that you just read? Yeah, this redemption, the price that's paid is, is blood. So it's not not money, not gold, not silver. It's, it's blood that's shed that pays that redemption price. So people, you need to remember, you may have been slaves, and certainly in our flesh, we still are. Uh, one of the things as I get older is I, I know I'm going to die. I didn't think that much about uh, when I was your age, but having had that major heart attack uh, a little over a year ago, I, I realized that's happening. Not Don't want it to happen soon. <laughs> In fact, my goal, Matt, is to live so old that nobody remembers me. <laughs> 
who was that old guy? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but I understand now that that's what has to happen because my my flesh will always be a slave to sin. It just ain't going to get any, you know, at 68 years, if it was going to get better, it would get better. And it hasn't. Isn't it but, interesting? But, yeah, that's, that's not the goal, though, is this is reach perfection somehow. They were going to, no. I mean, that's not a license to sin, obviously. But no, that's not what our hope in is in and reaching perfection the older we get and getting better and better morally and more holy on our own. That's that's not it at all. No, we're we're slaves to sin, like you said. And 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 you're absolutely right. The goal is for us to grow in the faith and the trust that we aren't slaves to sin anymore because we've been redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, as you read earlier in Ephesians one seven, uh, and, and to know, okay, we're. We're all right. We're all right. We both, and in fact, what's the neat thing? Since we have been redeemed, we have our father back, don't we? We're sons yes. again. Yes. In fact, actually, Paul argues we never were sons. Until the redemption came, we were just slaves. But yes. now Paul says we are, you're no longer a slave, he says, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Because that's the other thing. Now we've got the inheritance. It does belong to us. And now we do have brothers. Uh, Jesus, the foremost of those, but then uh, all of these uh, uh, fellow Christians we have around us. You and me, Matt, what a great thing that we are are literally brothers uh, in the family of God. Not figuratively, but literally brothers. Uh, Anything else about that, Matt? Otherwise, I want to go on to something, and I think it's in Romans 12. I'll look it up while you talk. I this the idea of identity and all this I think is so important and we touched on this already but that identity as a slave it's not like oh we're just a slave on kind of the bad days when we sin a lot you know then I'm a slave to sin mm. uh, no it's we are slaves to sin period and when you realize just uh, how bad that is like you said it makes us realize and have a greater appreciation for how beautiful how glorious it is that we are redeemed, that we then have that new identity as sons and as brothers. I mean, how beautiful that is, because um, it doesn't matter whether we have a good day or a bad day or whether we sin a whole lot or don't sin that much maybe on a particular day. No, that's not how it works. We We are sons. We are redeemed. We are part of the family no matter what. So even there in those days when we might despair and when we feel like, uh, things aren't going so well, and oh my goodness, I'm I'm unlovable, and you know whatever our feelings of despair might be, or just look at the world around us. Boy, things stink. Uh, maybe I've been abandoned. Uh, no, um, we remain sons. We remain redeemed. Uh, that continues to be our identity. So yeah, don't don't think that that changes uh, just with with every day or every uh, passing fancy. No, it's it stays that identity in Christ in Christ, uh, because we've been redeemed. And and Matt, I, I, by the way, look up Romans 13. I, I sure. didn't give you a heads up on this, but you got your paper Bible there. So, uh, but yeah, I just want to emphasize, yeah, that that's the thing. This redemption is not dependent upon what's happening to us. It doesn't depend upon what we're doing. It's a fact. It's a reality. We just need to live our lives that way, remembering that, that we're no longer just slaves. We are those that are the children of God, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I really appreciate your thought. That can't be changed. Nothing can change that. The love of God is ours in Jesus Christ, and nobody can take that away from us. So do you have Romans 13? Yeah. 
Because I want to close with one example where it seems like uh, Christianity doesn't change anything, but changes everything. Uh, could you just read verse 13, uh, chapter 13, rather, verse 1? Verse 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So so we're going to go back a few weeks. We, we had this word before about being subject. It's the, the word hypotasso. We had it in relationship to marriage, and we said that's really nothing new, that the pagan philosophers would have also called for the woman to hypotasso, to submit to the man. And the same thing here, this idea that we should submit to the governing authorities, that is not particularly unique to Christianity. There are plenty of Greek Roman philosophers that said, yes, that's what you need to do. You need to hypotasso, obey the authorities. But here's the surprising thing again. Paul, again, making it seem like, oh, he's not changing anything, but then he changes everything. If you would go on a few verses and read verses 7 and verses 8. Sure. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Oh, and no so one. far, so far, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't it's think any good. pagan would argue with that. But yeah. read verse eight now. Yeah. Oh, no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And don't you see, Paul's done the same thing he did to marriage. He now does to our relationship with the authority. Paul is literally saying it's not enough just to obey the authorities. You have to what? What? What love, was the word? Again? Love even. Yeah. It's that agape word again. And and I tell you, I, I wanted to share this final example, and I think I'm done with this topic now, uh, uh, because this is where it reminded me that I am a slave to sin. Because I'll tell you what, I don't think I love our politicians. Um <laughs> Now I've 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 come out before. I, this makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but I'm a I'm a Democrat, and I had no choice in that. I was born in Independence, Missouri. Right? <laughs> That's how I it was, works. <laughs> I was raised in Truman Land. That, you can't that be raised Truman in country. Yeah, yeah. I may not be happy with the Democratic Party that we have now. I I like the Democrats better when Truman was around, but I'm still a Democrat. And and, and but the thing is, you know, we need to love. Our, 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 our president, our leaders, which is to say, no, no, it's not right to be making fun of them. And if I'd done that to previous presidents, I, I should repent and God forgive me. That's not right to do. They deserve our honor. And you know what? We ought to pray that they would be successful. Whether they're a Democrat or a Republican, every night we ought to pray, Lord, make them the very best president, the very best congressman. Bring them great success and praise and honor, regardless of what party they are. Because that's the call of Christianity, see? The call of paganism, which we would agree with, is you ought to respect and obey those in authority. But as Christians, we have to do so much more. We have to love them want the best for them, do everything we can to speak well of them and hold them highly. And it hit me because I realized, no, no, I don't think I've done that in my life. And and I realize now, no, it's like you said, perfection isn't going to be there, is it, Matt? Yep. Uh, the more we work, the more we're going to realize that we're not perfect. But as, as one redeemed, 
as one who is now the son of the heavenly father and who has as his brother Jesus who has died for me for the forgiveness of my sins. All right, God help me to start being the person I should be, whether it is as a husband or a pastor or a citizen, whatever that may be. Uh, Matt, you got any final words to sum this up? Yeah, I would just say, well, yeah, as a citizen of the United States uh, and as a Christian, how we live out our citizenship should look a little different than someone who's a pagan, than someone who's, you know, uh, an atheist. And hopefully that distincting characteristic for us as Christians is is love. So uh, we, we appreciate everyone who's kind of stayed with us. And, and you're done with the armor of God, right? Yes. Are, are you got more about that? No, I think we are wrapped up with the armor of God. It was a great discussion. So, Appreciate being able to share. So we'll move on to something new next time. So what are we doing next time, Matt? So yeah, next time we are going to uh, look at, uh, we're going to go to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 4. We've got a, a word from the Lord uh, for parents, perhaps primarily, okay, and grandparents, so be sure to tune in. But I think it's also a word for, for all God's people, no matter who we are, when it comes to that next generation. Uh, the children and grandchildren, generations yet unborn, and their their faith and their life. So that's what's up next week on Wrestling Wrestling with with the the Basics. Basics.